0: 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verses 16 to 24. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God, God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify through and through may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it this is the word of the lord thanks daniel um good morning everyone very nice to see you today. Um, and special, I have to welcome Gracie and Cam over there. It's lovely to have you guys up. I was sitting at the back, and when James was saying where it was, I couldn't quite hear due to our, our lovely acoustics here in the building. Uh, they're going to be in the library uh, straight after the service, and they'd really love it if you could come. They'll share about what they're doing, what's going on down in the deep, deep south. Is it snowing at the moment there? Probably. I thought so. Um, let me pray before we continue. we continue. Uh, Father God, uh, thank you so much for your word. Uh, th- thank you for, for all the things you've done in our life. Uh, thank you for our saviour, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Father, I-, I just pray that now as we uh, uh, as we listen to what you're saying to us through your word, uh, please help us to be touched by it and help us to live our lives accordingly through it. Amen. Uh, Daniel uh, read to us really well from 1 Thessalonians 5. Um, But we're not actually focusing on most of it. We're actually just going to be looking at verse eighteen. Verse eighteen from it. I didn't really want him to get him to want to get him to come up and just read one verse. I thought it would be a waste of his time, so I gave him a bit more. So Um, thanks, Daniel, for that. Verse eighteen says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. Uh, I've been uh, reading a few articles lately just speaking about how, how thankful are we as people, how, how grateful are we as people. Uh, and one of the articles I read was about how millennials, uh, so those who are born in the, the 80s and 90s, are apparently the most entitled generation we've ever had. Did you know that? Apparently, they're the generation of people which has the assumption that everything is for them and that everything revolves around them. So anyone who's 20 or 30-year-old, you know, in that range, have a look at them. That is them. I'm 40. I'm beyond that now. Uh, another article I read was on how baby boomers, so those born just after World War II, are a... <laughs> just wait, Mark. The article was on how they are apparently the most entitled generation we have. They are the people that assume that everything is around them, that the world revolves around them. This article claimed it had data to back that up. I'm pretty sure a millennial did that one, but we'll see. Uh, I also, I listened to a comedian uh, who said that he thought, he was amazed, he thought that everything now is amazing, but no one is happy. I'm not sure if you've seen it. He he lamented the fact that people complain all the time about things which we should be amazed by. Uh, In particular, he looked at airline travel. Uh, He he looked at people who complain when their flights don't leave on time. Uh, His response to that, he said, well, well, what happens next? Did you fly through the air incredibly like a bird? Uh, Did you partake in the miracle of human flight? It's amazing. You're sitting on a chair in the sky. Now, I don't know where you fit into all of that, uh, but by nature, we're not very good at being thankful, are we? We're not very good at being thankful. Uh, In fact, to be thankful is unnatural. It's not natural to be thankful. Uh, And if you're thinking about that and needing convincing about that, just have a think of children. Uh, if, if those of you who have raised children or those who have been around small children uh, know definitely that whenever you give them something, you have to teach them to say thank you, don't you? Uh, they don't, by nature, say thank you. They don't emerge from the womb saying thank you. They have to learn it. It'd be a bit creepy, though, wouldn't it? And traumatic for many uh, but the fact of the matter is that, that no matter how old we are or how old we become, we constantly need to be reminded of the need to be thankful. And, and not just with the things around us, not with the, the material blessings we have in this life or the, the people around us, but in our attitude and our response towards God. Uh, in fact, the Bible says that it's not just a, a nice and polite thing that we should be doing, but failure to give God the thanks he rightly deserves the Bible says, is sin. Ingratitude is sin, just like lying or or stealing or immorality or or any other sin that the Bible condemns. Uh, In Romans, one of the, the Bible's indictments against rebellious humanity says that although they knew God, they neither gave him glory, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. Now, we can see that it's obvious in our society, isn't it? Our society doesn't give glory to God, do they? People don't give God thanks. That's kind of, um, that's out there. But we should know better, shouldn't we? We are to give thanks. The command for every Christian is that in everything we are to give thanks. And now, we know we have so many things to be thankful for, don't we? We know that. Uh, The Bible in itself, it's a testament to the fact that we, as individuals, were by nature objects of God's wrath. But in his love and in his infinite mercy, he reached out to us and gave us spiritual life. He forgave us our sins through the death of his son, and he covered us in his righteousness. How worthy of our gratitude and thanks is that? We also know that everything that we have, everything that we are, every breath, everything is a gift from God too. Uh, If you have intellectual or or sporting or technical or personal skills, anything like that, if you have any skills at all, anything is a gift from God. Uh, You might have worked hard on it, you might have studied hard, you might have trained, you might have put time and effort into it, but that in itself is a gift from God. Everything is a gift from God to us, and we need to continually cultivate a mindset of thankfulness, to never take God and his goodness to us for granted. Uh, From from cover to cover in the Bible, the Bible shows us that thankfulness and the Christian go hand in hand. You can't separate the two. We're expected to be really, really thankful. Thankful. If you want to see a big chunk of thankfulness in the Bible, no better place than the Psalms. Pick up your Bible one day, just open it roughly to the middle and start flicking through the Psalms and see how many times you see the word thanks or praise or or glory or gratitude come up in it. Uh, Here's a taster just for a few quick ones. Psalm 717 says, I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord. Psalm 28 7 says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy and I will give thanks to him. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And over and over through the Psalms we get this tone of thankfulness. Thankful, thankful, thankful. It's, we can't ignore it. And such is the need for thankfulness uh, that pretty much every church who has a a formal liturgy or anything response-wise has a place for expressing thankfulness. Uh, In our green books, later on in our service, we're going to open up to a page which has the great thanksgiving on it where we think about what God has done for us and why we should be thankful to him. Uh, the, The 17th century, 1662 Anglican prayer book It has, as a basis for for many services, a big section on prayers of thankfulness. Uh, And we've got one of them, yeah, we've got one of them there. Excuse the old language, but it says, uh, listen to it and, and think on it. It says, we bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life. But above all, for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful. And that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives. In the New Testament, uh, Paul, he encourages this often as well. Paul was thankful himself, and he encourages that on all Christians too. In Ephesians 4, chapter 5, verse 4, he says, Nor should there be any obscenity or foolish talk or coarse joking which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. And then later in chapter 5, verse 19 and 20, he says, Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then over a few pages in Colossians, he writes, So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Not just being thankful, overflowing with thankfulness. In other words, if you bump into these people that Paul's talking about, if you bump into them, thankfulness just spills out. You know, if, if I'm get carrying a full glass of Coke and you bump into me, Coke spills out. If I'm carrying water, water spills out. And when you bump into a thankful person, Thankfulness spills out. When you bump into a bitter person, bitterness comes out. When you bump into a selfish person, selfishness comes out. And Paul says, "I want you to be the kind of people that that when people bump into you, you actually overflow with thankfulness." Uh, wouldn't it be great if if when someone comes, someone new comes into our building here, that or they interact with us, that they can see just how thankful. We are. Wouldn't it be awesome by, by the way we speak, by the way we interact with one another, by the way we sing our songs? Erin uh, and Grace, have done a fantastic job of, of picking the songs this morning. Uh, and if you haven't felt an ounce of thankfulness in any of these songs, then you're not singing them right. But we don't want to fake it either. Do we? We we don't want to fake it, like, uh, like you know, at Christmas time when you get a present you don't really like. When you you open up your present, it's a pair of undies that are not quite the wrong, that are the wrong size, and you have to politely grin and say, "Thank you, I love them." Um, A few years ago, we were were trying to teach my son Jonathan um, uh, how to be polite at Christmas time with presents, Um, and and we said, "So, Jonathan, what do you do if you get a present you don't like? What, what, What do you do?" And Jonathan, he he thought about it for a bit. He was pretty serious. He thought about it for a bit, and he said, "I think I would say thank you. I don't like it. Can I have something else?" So I like his honesty. We're working on other things, but we want to be genuinely thankful, don't we? We want to be thankful, genuinely, unfeignedly thankful for what God has done. God can see our hearts. We don't want to fake it. We want to be genuinely thankful. Uh, Friends, please read what God has done for you. Read often. Don't get used to it. Be amazed by it. Uh, Pray that he would reveal more and more of his love for you so that you can see more and more reasons to be thankful to him. Uh, Because the fact of the matter, we will never fully understand just how much we have to be thankful for. Okay, good. So... You kind of got that message, be thankful. That's kind of, I hope that's the vibe that's coming across. I could probably have stood up and said two things and then sat down again, and that's the whole sermon. But we'll move on to the next bit. I want to go back to our initial reading. Just think on it briefly, though, to the bit which is tricky. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. Uh, And this is where it gets tough, isn't it? Uh, you know, it's really easy uh, to give thanks when things are going well, isn't it? Uh, it's easy to be thankful to God when you've when you've passed your exam, uh, when work is fulfilling, when, when the kids are skipping off to school happily with smiles on their faces in the morning, uh, when the sun is just shining on every area in your life. It's it's easy to be thankful, uh, but we know often the circumstances we find ourselves in, they're not naturally conducive to being thankful our our passage it can be a hard one to match up with what's going on in our day-to-day lives Uh, a a couple of months ago uh, I ended up in hospital actually for for a few nights with a throat infection Uh, it actually caused my throat to swell up uh, so much that I couldn't swallow anything and breathing was a bit tricky too uh, I got hooked up to various machines. It was lots of fun. Um, if I moved at all, that all and alarms would go off everywhere. So that was fun. Um, and I was given various drugs, including steroids, which you can probably tell. Um, but sorry, not meant to laugh, then people. But uh, thankfully, I came right, uh, and, and I was I was thankful to God for that, honestly. But but what if I hadn't? Would our passage today still be relevant if something? wrong had happened to me? Would my wife and kids still be able to read that passage and feel that it was still valid for them? Give thanks in all circumstances. So, so what do we do with this when faced with all the difficulties and pain and hardship that life can bring us? What do we do when faced with illness, uh, when we're faced with just full-on loneliness? And disappointment, and depression, and bereavement, and betrayal, and failure, and broken relationships, and fractured family life. What do we do with this? I know many people here are going through these exact things and more. And the thought of someone coming up to them and saying, well, just be thankful, i would probably get a punch in the nose, wouldn't they? But it has to mean something in these situations, or to mean anything at all, really. Uh, anyone can be thankful when things are going well. But the key thing for us is how do we respond when things are all turning to custard? When life is chaos and everyone can see it, uh, when our family and our friends and our workmates are wondering of what does this give thanks in all circumstances actually look like and mean? And there's this, this horrible lie around about Christianity that people can get suckered into that suggests that in Christ it's all hunky-dory, that there's no suffering, that it's, everything's fine in life, that it's all victory, there's no pain, it's all joy. It's a horrible lie. And we know that's nonsense, don't we? We do. We know it's nonsense. Being a Christian doesn't make us immune from things in life. It's not all doom and gloom either, but It's both. And to say Christianity is that if you trust Christ, everything will go well for you now, that, that's nonsense. That's a lie. Don't ever buy into that. But the question still sits in front of us, doesn't it? Are we to give God thanks when the circumstances in our life don't turn out as we'd hoped? Well, I, I think we do. I, I know we do. The Bible commands us to, but I think for different reasons than before. Uh, the, the first thing to be reassured of, though, is is that it says we're to give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. Uh, what I mean by that is we're not meant to have some weird, perverse delight in, in the terrible things that can happen to us. We're, we're not meant to call evil things good. But we are called to give thanks in all circumstances, aren't we? Even those we wouldn't feel thankful about. And what, is Paul asking us just to to, to give thanks through gritted teeth when, you know, when just by sheer force of willpower, when actually deep down we're truly disappointed, is he asking us to do that? Well, there's a couple of other verses which I think really, really help us understand this. There we go. So from Romans chapter 8, verses 28, 29, and then uh, verses 38 and 39, and it really, really helps us. Verse 28 and 29 says, And we know that in all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And then verse 38 and 39 says, Very well known, For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're told that for those who love God, that all things work together for good. God causes all things to work together for good. The circumstances, they're not necessarily good. And often the circumstances we find ourselves in just suck. They're tragic and awful. But God's promise to us is that he will direct the outcome of these circumstances that we're in for good. And what is this good? People can have different understandings of what good is, but it tells us in verse 29. It says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of God. Of his Son. God intends all our circumstances, everything that we're faced with, good and evil, good and bad, whatever, to sanctify and to change us, to grow us to be more and more like Jesus. Let me say that again because it's so important to understand when life is going to custard. God intends everything the good, the bad, the, the pain, the suffering, the joys, the successes, everything in our lives to change us to be more and more like Jesus. And and I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more patient. I want to be more trusting. I want to be more loving. I want to be more humble. I want to be better at being kind and better at serving. I want to do all these things. I want to be like Jesus. And, and, And just like any good parent who allows their kids to go through some difficulties in life in order to prepare them for life, God will in some way use the things going on in our life to help us grow our Christian character, so we are more like Jesus. Uh, I I totally know that's true in my life. I've had to learn patience through having kids. You know, I, I thought I was pretty patient before kids, but you soon find out you need to go up a level once you've got kids, don't you? I've also been exposed to my own selfishness through being married, through heated discussions at home. I've had to learn reliance on God when things don't go according to my plans. And I'm sure if you think on your life and the hard things you've gone through, how there have been points of growth and ways that you can learn through those hardships. And when we're in the middle of these difficult circumstances, we've got the promises of verse 38 and 39 from Romans 8, that says nothing, including the situation we're in, can separate us from the love of God. You know, Christians, we're not meant to have fixed smiles plastered on our face, pretending that somehow we love all the difficulties that life has to offer or just blindly ignoring them. That's not what we're meant to be doing. No, but by faith, we hold tight to the promise of God that he will work through all things for our good. And that nothing will separate us from the love of Christ. Uh, being thankful in all things—it's not just a matter of gritting our teeth and doing it by sheer willpower. If we try and do that, we're just going to fail. We're just going to—it's just going to be with our lips, not our hearts. We're going to end up angry and bitter. No, it's holding on to the promises of God. Uh, while I was in hospital. Um, I managed to do a bit of reading, which was, which was fantastic. Uh, and, I, and I got through a book which had a really good section on thankfulness. A- and part of it was a prayer which expresses the kind of faith attitude that we need to have when we find things hard. Uh, let, me, let me read it. Uh, this is from this book. It says, Father, the circumstances that I am in now are difficult and painful. I would not have chosen it, but you in your love and wisdom chose it for me. You intend it for my good. And so by faith, I thank you for the good you're going to do in my life through it. Help me to genuinely believe this and be able to thank you from my heart. I think we're going uh, to finish there. But I, I do want us to end just on a bit of silence, just a time of silence where we can be thankful before God where we can either be thankful for the wonderful uh, saving grace that he's given us through Jesus Christ and just be blown away by that again and again daily, Uh, or just recognizing our need to be thankful for him and trusting in his promises that he is working through everything that we're facing for our good. Uh, If we have that attitude when we're facing these hard times, it's going to change our perspective on it. It's going to change how we handle it and deal with it. And that's the attitude we need to have. We're going to have a time of just silence now, and then I'll I'll close in prayer. Father God, we cannot thank you enough for all the blessings you've given us, for the things that we can see and the things that we don't know about, for all the blessings we can touch and hear and that's around us, but ultimately for the blessing of your Son, Jesus Christ, dying so that we can be near you. Father, please forgive us when we are lacking in trust, Uh, Help us to continue to be thankful people in in all circumstances. Help us to be thankful when things are going well, uh, but help us to be thankful in all circumstances in life. Thank you for your promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen.